Aloha and welcome to the Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, Pastor Ralph will continue with his message entitled, Mysteries of the Spirit. We're still in Ephesians chapter 3, and now with part 2, here's Pastor Ralph. He goes on and says that this was not revealed to previous generations. There were people who read the Old Testament all their lives. They never really got it. They saw the parts about the Messiah being a ruler, being a king, being a leader. They didn't get the parts about the Messiah suffering and dying like Isaiah chapter 53 and coming back from the dead like Isaiah 53 says. They couldn't get it. He goes, but this he has revealed by his Holy Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And one little note I want to make there when it says it is revealed by the Holy Spirit is in Acts chapter 2. You, you had the 12 disciples, the apostles, the people who Jesus sent on a mission, living with Jesus for three and a half years. And at the end, after he had resurrected from the dead, they still didn't really get it. I mean, they were bummed out when he was crucified, to be sure. But after he rose from the dead and he's, and he's hanging out with them for 40 days, one guy, Peter, the leader gives up and says, I'm going fishing. I've had it with all this. And it's like, ha! Are you nuts? You're going fishing? The guy rose from the dead? And you're going fishing? And they're out fishing and Jesus shows up on the beach and, 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 and he's already got fish and they're going fishing and he says, hey, you guys. I got fish. And they go, we got none. He says, toss your net on the other side of the boat. And they toss their net and, and they catch so many fish, the nets are breaking. And they go, it's the Lord. And Peter, who's the runaway, who's denounced Jesus at the cross, jumps in the water, swims to shore, and, and bingo. And the Lord has to say, hey, hey, Peter, if you love me, do this mission I have for you, special mission. Feed my sheep. Tend my lambs, feed my sheep. And he just, he just grinds it in on Peter. They didn't get it. But now, a few weeks later, and then they start arguing with him. You go read Acts chapter 1. They start arguing with him about, when are you going to come back and restore political power to Israel? And he goes, that's not for you to know. Your job is to wait until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're going to get power. And when you get power, you're going to go out to the whole world and, and tell people about me and people will follow me. And it's when the Holy Spirit came upon them. In Acts chapter 2, they all spoke with tongues. That was a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The crowd is gathered. Peter jumps up and he gives this incredible sermon out of the Old Testament scriptures that he never got the day before. And now he goes, and this, 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 and this point to who Jesus was and what he's all about and what he can do in your lives. And 3,000 people accepted the Lord that day. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you encounter him and you allow him freedom in your life, you're going to get it. Is this good? Does this touch your heart? Well, it goes on here and we want to talk about this little last part, mysteries that touch your soul. It says, this is his secret plan. The plan is 
that Gentiles, all the rest of us, have an equal share with the Jews in all the riches inherited by God's children. In other words, all the stuff that was promised in the Old Testament isn't just for them, it's for us too. Both groups have believed the good news and both are part of the same body and enjoy together, I underline this, the promise of blessings through Christ Jesus. By God's special favor and mighty power, I have been given the wonderful privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Where it says mighty power, I wrote the word Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit power. Paul had Holy Spirit power, and we can have it too in our lives. He prayed, and God answered. We can pray, and God will answer and do stuff. But where it says promise of blessings, I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 with me and go to verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. And we're going to end with this. The New Testament goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians. So if you find any of those, you can find your way. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Paul's talking about people wouldn't have crucified the Lord if they would have understood the Old Testament, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit, so they didn't understand the Old Testament, and they went ahead and crucified Jesus. And in verse 9 says, And that is what the Scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, stop and just think about that for a second. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for Ernie Hunt. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for Russell Kimura. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for Tatiana Grant. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for you, including your eye your ear, and your mind. God has plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I have plans for you and they're plans for good and not for disaster. I have plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. They're plans for good, not for evil. God has a plan for you. And you don't know what it is. And even if you walk with the Lord and you walk in the Spirit, you know something of His plan, but there's more. There's always more. It goes deeper. It's richer. God loves you more than you know that He loves you. My wife and I were talking the other day about every time that we've ever bought houses and how, how every single time that we bought houses, we made money the day we bought them. And we didn't even know it. We stupidly bought into good deals four times. And every time made thousands of dollars. And one time, I mean, I was sitting at the realtor signing the paper at the escrow office. And, and the realtor said something about how much money we made on this, on this purchase. I go, what do you mean made money? I mean, you spend money on a purchase. Or how do you make money on a purchase? Well, I bought the house for $65,000 and it was, it was worth... 
between 75 and 80, the day I bought it. The guy had a nighttime job. He slept days. He hated it when people come to look at his house that he wanted to sell. And so he had to keep lowering the price because nobody would buy it because he was such a grump. You know, God just blessed us and we didn't even know. And we look back and we can say, oh, God did this. And, and we, we started to do this, but God knew this was coming down there. It's just over and over and over and over again. God has more stored up for you than you have ever imagined, even if you walk very closely with the Spirit and you're listening and you're dialed in. There's more. There's more. And it's not just mission stuff. It's mission stuff. A lot of it comes through mission. When we find our mission in life, that's when the blessings start to flow. I mean, I, I, I sincerely believe, I brought Ron Borsma up here tonight. I believe the healing that happened to his leg, and I believe the, the, the blessings that are raining on his business have something in direct proportion with the fact that he's found his mission and he's doing the thing that God wants him to do. And so God's pouring out money on him so he doesn't have to sweat that so he can do the other stuff. Does that make sense? I mean, if you were God, wouldn't you want to do it that way? And so it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But we know these things, or we can know these things, because God has revealed them to us. How? What's it say? By his Spirit. By his Spirit. We need to get interactive with the Holy Spirit. And His Spirit searches out everything and shows us even God's deep secrets. The Spirit of God knows the deep stuff of God and He reveals it to us as we get to know Him closer. No one can know what anyone is really thinking except that person alone. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? God. And God has actually given us his spirit, not the world's spirit. Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a Christian. So we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. God gave us the Holy Spirit so he can reveal the stuff that's available. And when we tell you this, we do not use words of human wisdom. We speak words given to us by the Spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Here's one of the things that I found out as a pastor. I really like to study. I like history. I like science. I go berserk on, on, on and people get into these arguments about Genesis and stuff. Well, you know something? The Bible's right. When I went to high school in the 1950s, and I went to a science and math high school. I mean, I went to a high school where they actually had people from NASA come to our high school and tell us that we were great and we were going to put somebody on the moon and, and we were going to make $150,000 more than the guys who went to the other high schools in town in our life because we were, you know, now it would be millions. Um, and the whole computer thing was in its, its not even its infancy. And, we were, and that's what we were all about. And, and they were coming to tell us all this stuff all the time. And, 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 but the science of the 1950s is stupid. They, they believed in a steady state universe. Albert Einstein's formulas led him to believe there was a creation point in the universe. And that, and that it, the Big Bang. And he thought it was nuts. 
And so he Mickey Moused his equations so that he could prove what he just sort of believed was that the universe always just hung here and never changes. Well, we know now that's all stupid. That's rot. You read the book of Genesis, and if you just read it, chapter 1, it looks stupid. It, it's, just, it's just out of this world. How in the world can God say, let there be light, and there was light, and then it's the fourth day before he makes the stars? How can that be? Well, I'll tell you how. Because when the whole thing happened, the Big Bang, everything that there was was light. There wasn't even matter. That's what the science of the 21st century tells us. But the science of, of when I went to high school in the 1950s I said, no, no, it always existed and the Bible's all screwy. And, and if you read the order of Genesis, just the order of creation in the eyes of science in the 1950s, it would make no sense at all. But if you read the order of creation and you get into, you, you get into microbiology and you get into all this kind of stuff, and, and you read the, the latest greatest in terms of what science has revealed, all of a sudden Genesis just clicks right into place. <whistles> Aren't you impressed? <laughs> and most of you could give a rip. It doesn't really matter to you. But, but see, here, here's the deal. Paul says, we, we don't come to you using words of human wisdom. Because all that that I was just talking to you about is using words of human wisdom. You know, I, I've, I've sat with, with people that called themselves atheists and argued them flat into a hole. I won. But they didn't accept the Lord. Why? Because I was using words of human wisdom. Paul says, we came to you using the Spirit's words to explain, explain spiritual truths. You know, some, some of my best friends in California, I, I used to live in a city where, where we, everybody there was either, either a, a carpenter building houses right and left, or they were in the aerospace industry or dealing drugs. Take your pick. All these guys in the aerospace industry, I'd see these guys, these, these technocrats, and they'd come to church and, and, and they wouldn't buy into any of the human wisdom stuff. But you'd see somebody break and their, and their life would be changed and be in tears. Tough guys. Smart guys. Guys with PhDs after their names. Why? Because it's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit getting to you with the, the words of the Spirit and changing something deep in your heart and speaking to you the mysteries of God. That's what's going to count for your life and that's what's going to count through your life and into eternity. And he says, we, we speak words given to us by the Spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't Christians can't understand these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them because only those who have the Spirit can understand what the Spirit means. We who have the Spirit understand these things but others can't understand us at all until the Spirit begins to speak to them and transform their lives. And then he goes on and, and says, how could they understand? For who could know what the Lord's thinking? Who can give him counsel? But then look at the last line. But we can understand these things for we have what? Mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? 
Holy Spirit. How do we, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Well, I, I think, and, and I can't, well, I can do give you chapter and verse, but I'm not gonna. I think, I think the Holy Spirit, the raw material of what he's gonna use is in this book. I think first, the Holy Spirit speaks to people through circumstances and through the words of friends. They hear God's word through their friends and God shapes their life and their circumstances and he goes bing and, and, and hits words on target in their heart. But then after that, as, as, as we begin to interface with God and we start to get into this book and the Holy Spirit starts to enlighten it to us and, and make it come to life, then now, now he's got material. But what, what I find is, at least for starters, the way that God speaks to people is, I've read enough scripture that I'm in some situation in life and I don't know how to handle it. And the, and the, and the Spirit brings the scripture to mind. And when he brings it to mind, it's like, oh, that's God talking to me. And then we go from there and God starts to just begin to talk to you and just begin to move you and direct you and speak to you. And you begin to learn to disseminate, you know, discriminate what's the Spirit's voice and what's my voice. You know, I, I think everybody's a little schizophrenic. You know, you, you go down the road going, well, I'm going to go over here to McDonald's. I'm going to go to Burger King. I think, eh, eh, eh. And then you start to know there's this other voice there that's the voice of the Spirit. And you start to listen to that and God moves you and he directs you and he's got, he's got, he's got places for us to go and fun for us to have and experiences for us and challenges for us as we zero in on his voice and we begin to walk in the direction and the, and the, and the moving in the spirit of God. Is this touching you tonight? Oh, let's take a moment and pray. I think that just in praying, I, I like to just sort of gather up what we've learned and try to apply it to our lives. Father, we come to you and it's our prayer that you would baptize us with your Holy Spirit, each one of us. Lord, that's what we read about. John the Baptist said that Jesus was going to come and baptize people with the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us to overflow. Fill us to the place where we're running over with the Spirit. You said that, that if we believed in you, out of our innermost being would flow rivers of living water. And then the scripture says that when you said that, you were talking about the Holy Spirit, rivers of living water, the water of the Spirit flowing out of us. Lord, to the place where we're just gushing over, Lord, baptize us with your Holy Spirit. Move in our hearts. Touch us deeply. Speak to us tonight. As we sit here, as we go home, as we talk with our friends. And for some of us, you speaking to us will mean that that you give us a word to share with somebody else that would encourage them or bless them or even rebuke them. Lord, for some of us, you speaking to us would, would, would mean that you bring revelation into a problem that we have. Lord, for some of us, the Holy Spirit opening up the promises of God that were made to Israel and the riches of Christ would, would mean that you would come to us and say something like, I got your company in my hands. Trust me, I'll be there for you. I'll meet your needs. I'll do your stuff. Lord, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. The mind of man, mind of man has not yet got a hold of 
the stuff that you have in store for us. Lord, it'll only come to us as it's revealed by your Spirit. And that'll only happen as we seek to be in your presence. And Lord, we seek that tonight in Jesus' name. Why don't you keep your eyes closed? And I, I, I didn't say a word tonight about how a person should become a Christian or why or any of that. But I'm, I'm making an assumption that there are some of you here tonight that you came to church hoping to do business with God. You came here because there's an empty place inside of your soul and you'd like to fill it up. And you haven't been able to fill it up with anything. Money won't do it. Cars won't do it. Material things that you own won't do it. The opposite sex doesn't do it for you. Surf doesn't do it. Nothing fills the void, the vacancy. And, and, and you're suspicious that God would. That's why you came here. And I'd just like to lead you in a prayer that would say, God, I want to give you a chance. I actually am assuming that you wouldn't even be here if what we've been talking about tonight hadn't been happening in your life, that you're here because the Holy Spirit has somehow rung your bell and made you think, I need to be here. And so making that assumption, I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer with me to say, God, come into my life. And, and the prayer is real simple. You pray silently. I'll pray out loud. Just kind of hitchhike on my words. It's that easy. It's basically saying I transfer my allegiance from trying to run my own life and letting the devil actually end up with it to God, I want you to run my life. You be the boss. You lead, you guide. And so that's, it's, that's the prayer in essence. But if you want to pray with me, I, I, I want you to do this just because I want you to kind of drive a stake in the ground and say, I did it. I want you to tell me that we're praying together. And the way I want you to tell me that is I want you to look at me right now. Everybody else got their eyes closed. If you want to pray and invite the Lord in your life, I want you to look up until I see you. I see one young man there. Who else? You want to invite the Lord in your life? You? Good. Who else? You? Good. Okay, I see a guy in the center in the back looking up at me. Who else? You, sir? Good. And you? Good. I knew you were going to do that. And you? Good. And you? All right. Who else? You looked at me? Good. And you know something, one of you guys over here just looked at me, your friend that left a little while ago, the Lord's knocking on his door pretty hard, and uh, he's not ready yet, but he's knocking. Okay, and the two of you, good. And I see a guy behind both of you, good. Anybody else, if I didn't see you, kind of wave at me. All right, let's pray. God, I, I, I'm coming to you tonight with just empty hands. I got, I got nothing to offer you, just this life. And in many ways, it's broken. But I believe you can fix it, and I believe you can make it into something that's really beautiful and has meaning and purpose. I believe the scriptures that, that are, are right when they say that you have a future and a hope for me, and that you have plans for me that are for good and not for evil. And, I, and I, I want those plans, whatever they are. And I'm willing to trust you 
enough to say, I, I want to I let you into my life, and I want to let you be the leader of my life, and I invite you to come and speak to me by your spirit and lead me and direct me and start to make my life into something, something good, something I could be proud of, something where at the end of my life I can look back and say it was worth it. I made a difference. And that at the end of my life I could say, I know I'm going home to be with the Lord forever. And it's going to be better in this life. And so I, I, I give myself to you. I accept the fact that your son Jesus uh, came into this world and lived among us and, and even died among us so that I could have this life and that, and that he paid for my forgiveness for everything I've ever done wrong. And so God, I just, I'm just inviting you in and surrendering myself and my future to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel, Kaneohe. 